Broadcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Penny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan. Tonight, a special Syracuse Orange episode. We bring in some special guests to discuss all things Syracuse football. The near Wake Forest win, the upcoming clash with Clemson, quarterback controversy, Dino's hot seat, and the transfer portal. All of that and more next on the Two Drink Minimum. Kevin. What's up, Dan? No DZ tonight. No, it's too bad. But we have a very special guest. We have, you can welcome on the uh, law office of Daniel J. Patron line, we have Neil Adler, special guest who is the editor of and author for InsideTheLoudHouse.com. Neil, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the love. <laughs> sure, sure. We, uh, you uh, post some great articles that I really enjoy reading. And uh, what do you, you got the little glass, honey. You got you, yeah, where's the big glass? There, there you go. go. Okay, there we go. Um, Neil, before we get into Syracuse football, I'm going to pour this beverage here. I noticed you wrote an article, I, I believe, just yesterday, maybe earlier on today, about JJ Starling with Syracuse basketball. He committed to Notre Dame at five o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on that miss by a Syracuse there? I know you think think a lot of the kid. Your thoughts on that miss right there and maybe some things to be excited about for the 2022 recruiting class even without him? Sure. Well, heck, you know, certainly wish J.J. well. He's a great kid, young man, a lot of integrity, academics, really important to him. You could just tell from his top five. And, you know, a lot of Orange fans, myself included, certainly a little bummed out. Syracuse coaches have been recruiting him for a long time. He's from central New York. You know, obviously plays out uh, in Indiana. I don't think he picked Notre Dame because he plays prep school ball in Indiana. I think that maybe is more of a coincidence. But it just sounded like for him that was the best fit. Um, I, I actually just saw an article. You mentioned my article, but I was actually just reading another article on Syracuse.com, and uh, he was talking about his relationships with Mike Bray and his assistants. And, you know, for a lot of these, um, you know, lead prospects, I know NIL is going to come into play and playing time and, and those sorts of things, but it's really about the relationships with the coaches. And, you know, I saw a bunch of, you know, I go in a lot of chat rooms and um, you know, some of the, some, some of my fellow fans were saying, Oh, Notre Dame. I mean, that's, you know, it's one thing to lose out to Duke, but you lose to Notre Dame. They're a mediocre school. And I would say, Hey, listen, Notre Dame struggled last year, but they went to two elite eights in the last, five, six years, Mike Bray's a really good coach and it's a really good academic school and he's going to do well there. So more power to him. Uh, it was definitely a, a bummer um, for Syracuse, especially because he is a hometown um, prospect, even though he goes to you know prep school out at uh, the La Lumiere School. But it, it, it doesn't mean that their class isn't going to be good. They have three solid recruits and they have two more guys that I think they have a really good shot with. People, now, re- people really the like the Bunch kid, right? Chris Bunch? Yeah, Chris Bunch, and uh, who's a top 60 player, um, and uh, Malik Brown, who is a uh, top 30 power forward, a little underrated from Virginia. And, uh, you know, so it's, Starling was a miss, but it happens with recruiting all the time. He would have been, you know, the highest ranked recruit for them in 2022 right now, but they still have a good class. And I think 20, actually, I'm working on an article right now that I'll probably post in the next few days. They're, they got a lot of scholarship offers out to top 15 players in the 2023 class. So 
I don't think the sky's falling down yet. If you had a prediction on on those two kids you just mentioned that they're that they're pursuing, do they get one, either, neither, which one? We're putting you on the spot think, here, Neil. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I think that <laughs> the chances are better than not that they'll get at least one. It wouldn't surprise me if they get both uh, Brown and Bunch. It would surprise me if they didn't get either of them. Uh, Brown just announced his top five, um, and I think Syracuse is in really good shape. They offered him back in February, but things were kind of quiet, at least publicly, um, you know, speaking. But he, he took a vi- official visit to the Hill, you know, in the last few weeks. His only other visit was an unofficial of Virginia Tech, and, and he's really good friends with Justin Taylor, who's, you know, a member of the 2022 class. So I, I'm not pretending to be in Brown, Brown's inner circle, but I, I think they're going to land him, and he's announcing on Saturday. In terms of Bunch, he's supposed to announce on Halloween, so of course he has to pick the orange, right? Right. Oh, um, I agree there. I agree <laughs> there. Why else got, would he be doing that? He's got uh, – Syracuse. Uh, unless you know, he's unless he's just running a trick. Hopkins. Unless he's just running a trick. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. Rutgers is his Double third, and, and he took official visits to all of them. He took two official visits to the Hill, and uh, again, I, I think Syracuse is in really good shape with him. Speaking of really good shape, as 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 a segment, as a transition. Speaking of really good shape, Syracuse football. Um, is maybe far from that right now. Oh, see, I they, bet Dino loves it. You have the ACC media <laughs> days right now and the J.J. Starling. Now, like, those headlines from this past weekend have now gone away, right? So I bet Babers loves this. Yeah. Loves the Starling timing. Yeah. yeah. Babers is also a huge fan of John Gruden right now, just deflecting oh. Oh. all attention Ooh. from anything else besides and, for and, and John yeah. Gruden. The So... <laughs> Syracuse, you know, they lose to Wake Forest. There's some questionable, um, you know, game management. I know while I was, you know, taking the game in, I had a lot of questions about why you don't have a two-point play locked and loaded and ready to go. If you know you're going to get it, you know, if you know you're going to go, you have to expect to score six, and then you have to have that two-point, your best two-point play ready to go. You know, the delay of game there is, is sort of unexcusable, but... They, yep. you know, they they showed out well in that Wake Forest game. Honey, you were saying, you know, pre-show, uh, that Dino sort of won you back over with that game a little bit. What when he moved from Devito was I never thought he would do that. Neil, I just thought I thought we were gonna ride this Devito train to the end. When Schrader transferred in, I got very excited, but I didn't think Dino was gonna make this switch. And then the way he is just like focused on the run game and gotten away from, we're going to throw the ball all over the field. It doesn't translate to wins. It hasn't historically here in Syracuse. All the receivers that have set the records up here in the last six, seven years, those seasons were unsuccessful. When they focused more on the run with Dungy in 18, you saw the success, and I'm getting that same feeling this year with him. So Babers has won me over. He's willing to switch his approach, shift that mindset, and I like the way this is headed. Yeah, you know, there, it, I, I do agree with the Wake Forest game. There were some questionable, uh, you know, game management, clock management, some, maybe some questionable calls. But, you know, I wrote a column a couple of days ago, and I said, hey, listen, let's, you know, put some of this on Babers and, and the coaching staff for some of the decisions. Um, but, you know, there was plenty of plays out on the field that, you know, they, they could have won the game. And I'm trying to look at it optimistically, the, the team that, 
And I know with the pandemic last year, things were kind of screwy, but they won one game last year, and there are a couple of plays away uh, in 2021 from being 4-2 and two or 5-1. and one. And they took the only undefeated team left in the ACC, uh, number 19 opponent, Wake Forest, at home, but they took them to overtime, and, and scoring certainly wasn't the problem. Um, and then the week before, you know, I know you were asking about, you know, Wake Forest, but, you know, just to kind of put it in perspective, they'll go down to Tallahassee. Florida State was winless, but, and they've won two in a row now, but Syracuse has never won um, at Florida State, and they, they took the Seminoles down to the last play of the game. And that so should have been a win, and that should have been a win, but for that just wretched uh, miss on the holding call. That the, yeah, I, I that mean, was uh, that was egregious. Yeah, I went to town. I went to town on that in the column. Uh, you know, it, it, I like to think that officiating it ebbs and flows, and if one team gets hosed on a few calls, it kind of works itself out. But that one was just at such a pivotal moment that it was it was really bad. You know, the one thing I did write in that column I remember from two weeks ago is even even if they made the holding call correctly rather than missed it. You know, uh, Florida State could have heaved it up at the end and scored on a miracle play, or they could have won in overtime. So it's not like the game was just lost on that play, but it was such a pivotal moment that it really left a sour taste in my mouth. And there's been a lot of bad officiating this year, not just necessarily in Syracuse's favor, but just in general. Um, But getting back to Wake Forest, uh, you know, they scored 37 points. And Wake Forest, frankly, you know, they made a ridiculous catch to to get their touchdown in, in overtime to win the game by three. But, you know, Syracuse ran the ball like crazy, had over 350 rushing yards. Schrader, he wasn't lights out from, you know, a passing perspective, but he was efficient. He threw for, I think, like around 160 yards, no picks. He was more than 50% completion percentage. Uh, You know, is he heaving the ball downfield and hitting receivers a lot? No, and certainly Taj Harris, you know, moving on is, is, is something to think about. But... I like what I saw in that game, even though they lost. As, there was there was things on the there was things on the field that where they could have won it, even besides some of the the missed uh, calls or bad decisions by Babers and his staff. You know, there was a fumble, there was a missed field goal. Um, they went three and out on a bunch of series, I believe, to start the second half when they they had momentum, and then that bad call that Babers made, where he regarding that penalty that if they you know. The way he took it, uh, it was a third and long, and if he had gone the other way, it would have been a fourth and whatever it would have been, but they would have had a long field goal try, and instead they got a touchdown. So that swung some momentum. And then Syracuse goes three and out, a bunch of series in the second half, and it just. but they hung in there. I give them credit that they came back and scored. And I, I totally agree with you, though. Not having that two-point conversion at the end ready to go is – well, how else do I put it? It was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's somewhat, it's somewhat inexcusable, yeah. even. I mean, but I, yeah. you know, it, the the Taj point, the Taj Harris point brings up brings up the question that it, you know is is there a story? Is there a story inside the Loud House there, Neil? That 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 we're not hearing. What's what's the backstory behind that? You got you got anything? I, you got anything good for us? I, I don't. I don't. And, and uh, you know, I'm certainly always uh, happy to share when I feel like I'm in the know or, you know, I've got some good information, but I, I would be just speculating. I mean, I did see some chatter, whether it was on social media or in chat rooms or maybe some, some other articles about, well, is, is, is Harris um, 
you know, the unhappy, the traitors is starting now, and he's more of a run-oriented guy, and obviously Harris wants the ball thrown down the field, and, you know, maybe is he is he pretty close with DeVito or, you know, friendship-wise? I, I, again, all speculation, but that that was a bummer. I mean, I, I feel like Baver said that he thought with Harris was going to break, like, wide receiving, you know, records this year, and, and just to have that. But it just – something was weird when he didn't – he didn't dress for one game. I don't remember yeah. if he traveled with the team or not, but he, I just thought the Florida State weird. game, right? He didn't travel the Florida State game, and then thereafter yeah. he said he was yeah. transferring. And I, they're, look, their passing offense is terrible. But, I mean, Taj Harris has also had <laughs> – They're a, not a, trying to pass it right now, though. I, I, so, yeah. I'm, looking at, their, I'm looking at stats right now, and, and uh, CBS Sports has their passing offense as – 190th in the country. There's not even 190 FBS. Top 200. <laughs> they're so bad, they're in the FCS range of, of passing. They're, but, I'm fine know, with that. Their running game's in the top 25 in the country. Right. They you have know, an identity. As far as yards per game. Go yeah. to the, the opening drive of the Wake Forest game showed who they could be. Wake Forest knew exactly what Syracuse was going to do. Wake Forest probably prepped all week. They're going to run the ball with the quarterback and running back Here's our game plan. And Syracuse is like, here we go. Like That, to me, won me over. I love that drive. I think competitive games right now is all I'm looking for. Yeah. So as you look sure. at like the Clemson sure. game, it, like, do, is that what you've seen so far, Neil? Do you feel like as we approach this Clemson game, being competitive against Florida State, against Wake Forest, is going to translate again Friday night in being in that game? Well, before I get to that, I just want to make one point about the, the rushing attack, which, I'm, you know, again, they had a crazy amount of yards against Wake Forest. My only concern, and Schrader himself had like 180 yards, and Tucker did his normal thing. And I believe Tucker, like, leads the country in, like, all-purpose yards or yards from scrimmage or whatever the stat is, and he's, like, second in rushing yards. My only concern is that... I, I think we're contractually to- obligated, though, as Syracuse fans, to call him Heisman hopeful Sean Tucker. You have Heisman to, hopeful. yes, Heisman candidate, hope, Sean Tucker, you have to. I hope he starts he, wearing number 44, all that stuff. Yeah, he has, I, has that my, moniker. My concern is, do they become too one-dimensional one or too predictable? It, it, it made me think about, so I'm from Baltimore, you know, that's my hometown, and I was watching the Ravens game last night, and, you know, obviously their running attack, you know, in recent years has been redonkulous, if I can use that word, and but then last night, well, they've, they've had, you know, some running backs get injured. But last night, you know, they won that game miraculously. It was a crazy ending. Um, but Lamar Jackson, you know, who won an MVP a couple of years ago, a, a lot of it had to do with rushing for over 1,000 yards as a quarterback. But he passed for like over 400 yards last night. So, you know, they, they were able to pivot. So I guess my point is is that if, if every opponent for Syracuse, it's, and it starts with Clemson, if they're just – all about you know crowding the box and <laughs> making sure that they don't get beat with the run does Schrader have enough with the passing game to keep them competitive I hope so we'll see but to answer your your question in terms of Clemson I don't know I, you know they've obviously they had that one upset win over Clemson a few years ago and have been competitive they were really competitive and should have won a game on the road um the, I think the year after. Lineman downfield. No. The <laughs> offensive lineman goes four yards downfield. Yeah. That was a yeah. win. Yeah. That was a yeah. win. Chase, oh. Chase Bryce is I now know. playing for nine different colleges. Yeah. State quarterback, Chase Bryce. 
I mean, Clemson this year is obviously not the Clemson of the last two years, at least so far, that is always in the, the, the playoff and has won multiple national championships. They already have two losses, albeit the first one was to Georgia, which looks like they're going to be, you know, a top 14, a top one or two team, you know, all year long, unless Alabama beats them in the SEC title game. But, um, you know, they, I think they lost, Clemson lost to NC State, and their offense is struggling, but... They're still Clemson. They still have Dabo Sweeney. They still have tons of talent. They had last week off, so they'll presumably be well-rested. Do I think that Syracuse can keep it competitive uh, in the Dome on Friday night? Sure. I think they can. That was not confident. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Neil Andrews says, sure. Uh, (laughs) I I, I think that uh, I actually like where Despite having lost these last two games, uh, like one of you guys said at the beginning, I'm encouraged the fact that they're keeping games close and they're competitive, and it looks like Schrader might be a good fit. At least we'll see. But I don't think they're going to beat Clemson. uh, But I think that – I don't remember what the line was. They're going to cover? It's 14-point spread. They're going to cover? 14 points right now. I I think they could keep it near that or even less. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a 10-point game or less. I mean, it's just – Again, you know, I'm sure the running game will be there, but... What's Clemson the averaging? What's, what's Clemson I, averaging, I like 15 points well, a game? Clemson's scoring average of 21.2 points a game is dead last in the ACC. So I think it stays I, close more yeah, because of Clemson's ineptitude on offense. But you made a great point. The running, Clemson's going to be able to stop the run. They showed it against Boston College. Boston College was averaging 223 rushing yards coming yeah. into the game against right. Clemson, and they ran for 57 yards on 33 carries. So that makes me yeah, very nervous that, yes, Clemson's banged up with some linemen, but their second string is a four-star guy right. who's ready to play. Because that BC game is after the Breezy injury, right? Yes. It's, the, it's where yeah. Breezy got hurt? It might have been it's, after. They played a game without him, I think it was okay. after. So, like, so that's you're just, missing that's him what and the Davis me. kid yeah. in that BC game? Is if they struggle and you get put into obvious passing downs, this offense is not built for that, and then Clemson can just rush the quarterback and get after you. That's my concern and how I see it playing out in this game. That, yeah. yeah, Tucker and Schrader might get theirs, but really they're going to struggle to move the ball in the you've air. Get, with so with the air, though, you've got to get those like secondary running plays, little dink and dunk stuff. Like you were talking about Lamar yesterday and he had some down the field stuff but a lot of his 400 yards of passing is is you know five yards past the line of scrimmage eight yards past the line of scrimmage and then see if those guys can go and hollywood for you some know, runs uh, yeah hollywood hollywood looked great last night and he looks just like a syracuse he, receiver he's not as big yeah, as anybody else I, I, on the I field agree. i agree he, he almost looks like Taj harris out there that, for, that you know. drive in overtime, not to, to harp on the Ravens too much, but I'll always talk <laughs> about the Ravens. But the uh, the Colts, you know, their defense in the, in the, in the overtime, they definitely was gassed. And Lamar was just throwing, yeah, like five, ten yards. But they, they weren't tackling right away, and they were picking up first downs and just moving the ball, for, you know, with precision down the field. And so, you know, I, I think that Schrader, he made a few good throws. I don't remember what his long was against Wake Forest. I know he had the – I think he had a touchdown pass to uh, did he have one to Tucker? He had two touchdown passes, Keely and Tucker. But um, you know, he was he had a he had a handful that were like in the twenty five ish range. I mean, he's not going to heave the ball seventy yards in the air. But I I think part of it is is that yes, he's a run first quarterback at least. That's kind of like 
the motto for him so far. But let's give him a little bit of time to, to get – I mean, he, he's, he's getting put in there. He's played three games now. You know, there's quarterback controversy – well, I don't know controversy, but, you know, they make a switch at quarterback, which I give Favors credit for. But, you know, he's not going to come in the first game, especially kind of given his repertoire, that he's not going to come in and necessarily throw for 300 yards. So I, I thought he was solid at passing – Against Wake Forest, let's see what he does against Clemson, but it'd be nice if they could have a little bit more balance. I think they had 350-plus yards of rushing and 160 of passing, and I mean, that's 510 yards of offense, which is great, but um, you know, balance is going to be key. It, it, you know, and, and the defense, they have a lot of really good players on defense at various positions, but, I mean, let's just be honest. They gave up 40 points. I know it was, it, there was an extra period, but, I mean, it's not like the defense was <laughs> clamping yeah. down. on. And, and to be fair, Wake Forest is one of the most prolific offenses in the country. So I guess giving up 40 points through uh, four quarters and an overtime isn't actually too bad. But it, with Clemson coming in and their offense struggling, I think that gives Syracuse kind of a leg up. But they, they've really got a – hopefully maybe some force some turnovers, get some short fields, and, uh, you know, Andre Schmidt's got to make his field goal. <laughs> Clemson's, Clemson's defense scoring-wise has been much better than Syracuse's, but when you talk about just yards per game, Syracuse is actually right there with them. You know, when you're talking about yeah. just yards per game rushing and passing, I think Syracuse is 55th and Clemson is 56th in the country. So, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're rolling mm-hmm. out the same type of thing. And, you know, back to that point that you're going to have to beat them, that is strength against strength. You know, it was, Clemson's far better at stopping the run than they are at stopping the pass. Syracuse is far better at running the ball than they are at passing the ball. So you have strength yeah. on strength when Syracuse offense is on the field and Clemson's defense is on the field. And, uh, you know, again, I'm taking Syracuse, and, and, and we'll let you go. We just want to make sure that you that you are, are putting your pick out there. I'm taking Syracuse <laughs> with the points. To win. Um, you taking Syracuse to win? I'm taking Syracuse to cover that 14-point spread. I've got Syracuse with the points. Uh, it's This is too big of a spread for this Clemson team who struggled on offense. Yeah, I, uh, I'll take Syracuse with the points, and I think a big key will also be field position. And, and frankly, the Syracuse punter, who whichever one it's going to be, is, you know, making, having, even when they don't score, having some longer drives that keeps the Clemson offense, or defense, offense, defense on the field for longer, tires them out. So even when they don't score, but just, you know, keep, keep their offense on the field. And then if, if they, if, you know, these three and outs, it's, it's just not good, especially if they're deep in their own part of the field. And if they don't get a great punt, then it gets, Clemson a short field and I think that'll be a key for Clemson because their offense isn't super great shorter fields for them or and or getting some turnovers and, and converting that into easy scores that that's going to be a key for them so Syracuse is just that you know they're going to have to put points on the board and I think they can put some um, but they got to sustain some drives and, and not give away you know good field position to the Tigers I like it I like it it's beautiful Neil, thank you so much. Uh, look forward to reading uh, your articles coming up. Look forward to reading uh, about Syracuse basketball going into the basketball season. Keep up the good work. Again, the website that Neil is the editor and editor for and author of is InsideTheLoudHouse.com. Did I say that backwards? Editor of and author for. 
InsideTheLoudHouse.com. Thank you so much for being with us tonight, Neil. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Hope to be on again. Yes, sir. Go Cuse. Go that is Neil Adler from InsideTheLoudHouse.com. You know, he brings up a, a, a couple of good points Well, he was there. getting into third down talk. And, yeah. you know, like, uh, we let him go too early because I love when we get into third down talk. That's one of my favorite things. So well, started, DZ wasn't here, so I was, you know, I was like, oh, jeez. He's probably going to talk about he had completion percentage in there. He had, right. you know, he had a lot of good stuff going on in there. And, you know, without DZ, it just felt, you know, Neil, you got you to gotta talk to our guy DZ about yeah. it. About that third down, third down conversion, and I'm a turnover guy. I, I'm a turnover guy. But that's why I, I look at so the teams the at Clemson this year with Georgia, NC State, Boston College. What those three teams? They're three of the top eight teams in the country in terms of opponents' third down conversion rate. All right, did that make that make sense? Right? Yeah. Yes. Opponent so, third. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're three of the top eight in the country, and they held it down against Clemson. Clemson was ten for 24 percent on third downs in those three games. Two of them losses. One, the third one, Boston College, easily could have been another loss for Clemson. So those teams were able to get them off the field. And Syracuse is somewhere around 50th in the country with that, and even worse uh, when it comes to just their ACC game. So if they can't get Clemson off the field, and Clemson, like Neil brought up, the field position, these teams are going to play tight for a while, but the field position is going to be big. Can Syracuse get Clemson off the field? Can Syracuse convert a few so they can flip it with the punter? In the end, I just think that the run game is it's not balanced right now with Syracuse. 100%. 100%. Uh and we got we we got into everything with Neil that we forgot to announce our beer uh for this oh, evening. How rude. How how rude. We we had a C4 IPA from Eastwood Brewing Company, our friends over on the east side of Syracuse. Um, wonderful brewery. If you get a chance, they're sort of one of the OGs of the brew scene in Syracuse, New York. Um, great beer, great vibe over there. Uh, we're having a C4 uh, IPA. And oh. we've got another <laughs> caller coming in. Cheers, Henny and Patron. Who's this? Hey, what's up, guys? Dave from Thornwood. Dave from Thornwood. Yes, the debut. You're calling in to talk Clemson? Yeah, is this a good time? What are you guys drinking? This is a good time. We are drinking a C4 IPA from Eastwood Brewing Company. What are you drinking, Dave from Thornwood? Well, I just had my second Capri Sun for the evening. (laughs) What flavor? Warm milk? It's only... That's, I hit the minimum, so I'm done. <laughs> a liquid IV and call tonight? Yeah. yeah. That's all I need. That's all I need. Do you guys cover Clemson tonight? Dave from Thurman, you got to be disappointed with Clemson. It, 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 do they have a way do to you, get back into this thing? You know, what's what's your thoughts? I'll tell you what. I looked at I looked at some of the stats up until now in the season, and um, you're right. It's been a little disappointing. <laughs> How about DJ Ungalali? Kevin, you're the expert, say it. Honey, honey. Uyangalule? Uyangalule. I, I, I mean, are you a fan of Spencer Rattler transferring to Clemson now that he's lost his job at Oklahoma? How yeah. many vowels? We're starting that, we're starting that rumor. Over-under of vowels and Uyangalule. <laughs> uh, I guess over-under six and a half. This, this uh, I, you got the hook. Ooh, ooh! If you're giving me the hook, I'll take the under. How many is it? Anybody got it? 
That's not important right now. Dave from Thornwood, you can't ask a question and not know the answer. He's looking it up. It's, it's, it's seven. It's seven. Uh, right, so six, oh, six and a half is right there. Man, you're like Vegas. No, man. I don't think Clemson fans can be upset about how the season is going. Just deal with it. Like, you've had a bunch of success. You've lost to Georgia, who's the best team in the country, and NC State is a good team. Clemson is going to walk up to the Dome this week playing a Syracuse team that's 0-2 in the ACC. Clemson's going to beat Syracuse this weekend. They're going to get back on track. I've been waiting and saying it every week, and Dave, I don't know if you feel like it's ever going to head that way, but I feel like... I'm just waiting for Clemson to show up, smoke Syracuse, dominate, and be like, okay, yeah, they do have all this talent still. Here's the thing. They're, playing, they're not going to be surprised. They've, they've been in Syracuse on a Friday night before, so they're not going to get caught by surprise. And you're going to see the athletes from Clemson. Smoke show. <laughs> <laughs> what, Dave, if you were here at Syracuse, you know, Dave's a Syracuse guy but married into a Clemson family. So he's – Straddling a line here a little bit. If ideal Friday night in Syracuse, ideal Friday night in Syracuse, what are you doing? You're grabbing a you're grabbing a burger at Blarney. Yes, Okay, that's how you start the night. Grabbing a burger at Blarney. Um, you gotta you gotta walk, but Dave, you you haven't been you haven't lived in Syracuse in a little while. If you're at Blarney, you might as well walk down and grab a couple of beers at uh, now and later, right? Couple, couple, uh, couple cold ones an hour later, and then um, you got to get up toward the dome. If there's a game, you got to get up toward the dome. You have to yeah. crush a couple foam domes. Yeah, yep. that's, that's the plan. Friday, they've got they've you know they've got great uh, they've got great beer there now too. They're, they're selling, it's nice and bright. They, they're not just it they're looks not good just there. slinging like the the Bud Light in a in a plastic cup anymore. They've got a lot of the good tall boys now. Dude, it's so it's Chuck's open again. Is Chuck's back open? Is Chuck's open? I don't, I don't know. I don't think Chuck's is open. I wouldn't they, know the answer they to close, that. They close that uh, place You know down. what? It probably doesn't matter. I don't know if they'd let me, they'd let me in. <laughs> for good reason. What's your prediction this weekend? You got What's your score for Friday night? What I see, I think uh, over-under was, what, 42? Oh, he likes 44 and is a half. Is that what it was? 44 and a I half. I don't know. I mean, the spread... The, Spread was four. Clemson giving fourteen. Um, it could get it, it could get out of hand quickly. Oh, hot take. Um, but who knows? I mean, here's the here's the thing. Right now, is we haven't seen Justin Ross do what he can do. True. Um, Shipley's out again, so we'll see if, if, if how pace does on uh, on artificial turf. Ooh. Um, Nagata. Yeah. Nagata. See if those receivers get healthy a yeah. little bit. Ladson, not sure about. It looks like EJ is going to be out again. He appears. Uh, he seems like he's playing through injuries, and they're sitting that guy now. But Ladson might be there. Yeah. Um, and I like Nagata. I I, he's a mismatch. Uh, he's he's a big, huge guy, and he's a mismatch. And Syracuse has kind of smaller corners. And, deuce. Yeah. I dare you to throw a deuce. A deuce is a I good, dare you. Deuce will cover Ross. At but, your I mean, own risk. Syracuse has some nice athletic pieces in the secondary. I like their they're they're young not, secondary. But they're not big. And, they're kids. And Nagata is a, is a big guy. He's, they're all he's, he's tough to handle. Freshman, sophomores in that secondary. Veteran D-line, but they are a young secondary. And this is a big scene for them Friday night. But Friday night in the Dome, weird things happen. We saw it in the Liberty game. We've been there for the Clemson games. 
Strange things happen on Friday night. So I don't think it's going to be this. I've got 33-20 Clemson wins this game. That's my prediction. Oh, they cover by a point. They yes. cover by a point? Wow. You got a cover? Um, you got a cover or a blowout, Dave? I, I, I see um, them winning by more than 14. Yeah. Um, and, and here's, the, I think, the reason why, too, is Syracuse has Tucker, and I think that – Defensive coordinator for Clemson just knows how to coach these guys up for this weekend against Tucker. Do you? I don't see him getting. Venables um, is a good call. Do that, you think Venables is a weird guy? I mean, like, do you think there's something that he's like kind of strange or something like that? I mean, I guess Clemson just pays him, and maybe he's just like, I'm going to stay in my lane and just be a defensive coordinator. But well, there's also the thing that maybe right he now, like right? just. Maybe he just doesn't want to be the face of the franchise, and he's like kind of a bizarre dude. Yeah. As a bizarre guy yourself, any thoughts on that? <laughs> I'd stay. I'd stay. Stay right there. <laughs> I. I mean, he's gonna go. So, what Chad? Uh, Chad Morris left and went to SMU or whatever, and got canned and. Then kind of floated around. He's or, waiting for Oklahoma. Yeah. That's what Brent Venables. He's that's what I think. He's waiting out. Does Lincoln Riley ever leave? And if he does, he would bounce over. He's a Bob Stoops guy, coached there for a long time with Stoops. So that's I feel like he can be as paid really well and not lose any shine by having to take a job he really doesn't want to go somewhere that you're not like all in on. So just, he can just wait. He, he's fine at Clemson. So you're gonna make a couple million dollars a year being their DC. Yeah. And he's great. Dave, I'm glad you brought him up because Syracuse doesn't have a guy on their staff. Like that, It's just a, a weapon yeah. that they get to yeah. bring to have a defensive coordinator like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's 50 years old, too, so he, he can't stay there that much longer if he's planning on a head coaching job, which I don't, I don't know if he is. 50 years young, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> hey, can we, um, can we talk about J.J. Starling? Oh, we just talked oh. about J.J. Sterling with uh, with our last guest, Neil Adler, who's the... Uh, I was bummed, man. He's the editor for uh, theloudhouse.com, and, or inside theloudhouse.com, and he, he loves his hoops. So we started our talk with J.J. Sterling. Uh, I'm a little bummed. I'm a little bummed. Well, I'm I saw, more than a little I bummed. I saw Sterling play at OCC when he was at Baldensville in that championship game, and he was an exciting kid to watch. Yeah, that was... I thought... That that kid was going to be a Syracuse Orange. I, when you watched him play, and you know, you'd go to see him play locally, ninth, tenth grade, and those Syracuse guys were behind the bench for every every game yeah. that I went to and watched him play for a couple of years, which maybe five, six times saw him play. It was the Syracuse guys right there behind the bench, and you put in that kind of effort and you lose a local kid like that, yeah. it definitely disappoints. The length in the zone just seemed like it was a sure and solid fit it's it's a loss it's a loss for sure you were going to be able to play section three versus the country almost when you looked at what like the lineup Syracuse could have been rolling out a little bit which was going to be a Torrance and like a three four Bayheims and Starling (laughs) like it was going to be pretty cool to go let's play section three against the world yeah I like that yeah Yeah. that would have been good Dave yeah Dave now I know that you're you're a Clemson a, a Clemson convert, but you're originally a Syracuse guy. Weigh in on this Schrader DeVito uh, uh, happenings. Does DeVito ever play again, or is this Schrader's show? DeVito's done. 
See a Vito, tra- Devito's done. Yeah. Is he a transfer guy? There's no reason. Is he a transfer guy? Is he a transfer guy or does he stick around? He's, I don't know if any, who's going to want him. Oof. Like Villanova? Are you going to go to Albany? Could- Wagner? <laughs> oh, man. That is, that is tough on Tommy D. He does look like a deer in headlights, man. I mean, how, he just dis- he was a miss. It's, it's sad Would he to start say. start at CBA right now? <laughs> I yes, saw them practice dude. the other day, and they were, that's a legit. That's a legit practice. That Christian Brothers Academy. For those of you who are Dan not is checking local, out local high school football. For those, well, practices. I was there for my son. He's a degenerate. I was, I was there for my son's soccer game, and yeah. they're practicing. They got nine <laughs> position coaches. They're all broken down. That's a legit. It's not program. even nine positions. Yeah, that's a legit program. <laughs> Dave from Thorn- five centers and the garbage cans over at the <laughs> baseball field. <laughs> Maybe. You know what you were doing. Maybe. <laughs> they, they they got a lot of five centers over there at CBA, Dave. You can't just let those go. <laughs> would you, you walk just, by a nickel yeah, on the ground? Yeah. Would would you just throw away a dollar bill? Or would you scrounge for 20 cans? <laughs> Dave, any well, other hey thoughts? Any other thoughts on Friday? You listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's bedtime, isn't it, Dave? Uh, it's been it's past my bedtime. Any other thoughts on Friday before you go have a warm glass of milk and uh, and, and call it? <laughs> no, it's going to be fun to watch. All right. You cool. heard it here first. Yes. It's going to be fun All to right. watch. The, All right. the All day right. from Thornwood right. stamp of approval. It's going to be fun to watch. Bye, this, Dave. This I was fun. one thing. It's seven vowels in ugly-ugly, ugly-ugly. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. All right. See you, guys. See yep, you. see it. Dave from Thornwood on his his maiden voyage as a caller to the show. Um, You know, Syracuse football is in a weird spot because they had this miss with with DeVito, who you get a four-star recruit at quarterback. He sits, gets to sit for a year behind, you know, one of the better quarterbacks that you've had in, in recent memory for Syracuse University. And that, and and when he plays, when Devito plays, you know, while Dungey's there, he looks good playing, you know, to the point that some Syracuse fans at the time were calling for Devito to come in over Dungey because of that ceiling. He gets the job full time, and it just doesn't work out. And it's and it's one of those things where a Syracuse is a program that sets your program back. You know, you had a guy that you dubbed the guy. Very difficult to recruit a quarterback and offer him immediate playing time or even playing time anywhere in the near future thereafter. And so they just don't get quarterback recruits for years, and they don't have a starting quarterback because the guy they have, the guy they gave it to, is a whiff. It's it's a tough spot to be in, but they hit a home run in the portal. It looks like they're climbing out of it. It looks like they're climbing out of it. And these guys are back. Like, I know this year you're sitting at 3-3 three and three and they've been competitive. Their schedule moving forward is brutal. They're going to be an underdog in every game, and they might lose every game. But I'm telling you right now, I, I Babers, you can talk about him on the hot seat. I don't look at him as on the hot seat. I, they need to figure out some things defensively, but they're young in that secondary. They have freshmen and sophomore all over the field with linebackers and in the secondary. So they're going to have to figure out the D-line after this year. But they're yeah. going to return talent. At that, at the next two levels, offensively, Schrader will be back. Tucker will be back. They'll have those receivers that 
Now guys had to step up to be the one. So right. Taj leaves to do, I think, what was the best thing for him and worried about can he make an NFL roster someday. Being in the Syracuse offense moving yeah. forward wasn't going to be. He could set some nice records. Cool, but I get why he did it. He's looking out for Taj, and sometimes you have to do that in life. So he yeah. chose to do that at that moment. But I think this team, they could lose every game the rest of the year. Babers needs to return. Give him a chance now that they know who the quarterback is. We've seen success with it, and you can build off of this season. I don't want to see a new coach come in. I see Mike Stoops at Kentucky. And like that was a program that yeah. is a basketball school. Yeah. It's not the main sport. And that guy, they wanted to get rid of him a few years ago. He was on the hot seat. They chose to bring him back, but they just let this guy find their identity. We saw it with Dungy. They got away from what the identity could have been with DeVito, fell in love with the kid, you know, in the t-shirt, throwing the ball. Yeah, t-shirt and shirts. But now you went back to your most successful season. This looks more like the Dungy season than what's happened since. So let Babers work with this. Maybe that's the quarterback you recruit. We go running back. We go a quarterback, the dual threat. Maybe that's the avenue. Let's let Babers work this out. Yeah, and... you bring up a good point with the with with the quarterback and the running game. Their running game has just been just gobs of yards against everybody who knows what's coming, and they just continue to do it and just run it down your throat. The offensive line was was a unit that didn't get mentioned in in who you're talking about there, but even a lot of those guys are back. I mean, you lose out on. Um, his name escapes me at this point, but he's like a ninth-year senior. You know who I'm talking Cervais, about. Yes, yeah, yeah, Aaron Cervais. Um, you know, he's out, but a lot of that offensive line is coming back. I'm looking at their schedule, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, geez, that's kind of harsh, Henny. They might not win another game. Look at I it, look though. at it but now. I'm not I look at it terrible. Though. I did a double take at it, and they have Clemson. Uh, Virginia Tech, BC, Louisville. And Virginia Wait, Tech. I'm sorry, Clemson. Let's do the ats because that's even worse. Yeah. They have Clemson at home, at Virginia Tech, at BC, at Louisville. At, uh, no, BC's home, at Louisville, at NC State, home against Pitt. Whew. Right. I, I, you know, you circled Louisville, Pitt, maybe BC at the beginning of the year. I thought Virginia Tech was going to be good. A lot of people, you know, had them as a down team. You circled those as potential wins, and all of those teams have been better than they were expected to be. They'll be an underdog in all those games. BC's an odd team because they lost their starting quarterback, but they've been playing okay without him. Absolutely. You know, and we'll get to that in the next episode, him. I think. So it, it's it's it stinks because Syracuse is in a spot. I, my take on it is they really need to hammer the transfer portal. You know, they need to be a landing spot for a guy who's balling out at, you know, a, a, a mid-major or maybe like a Vandy or whatever it is there, a guy who's balling out at one of those schools and you offer him a spot, a chance to step up into the Power Five conference. You get your Kenneth you Walker. Know, You're you a get, running team and a running back uh, yeah. knows, like going to I Wisconsin. Mean, yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker is going from, you know, Wake Forest to Michigan State, so maybe... But, I mean, Michigan State's coming off of a couple of really, really bad years. And you convinced Kenneth Walker to leave a bowl team in Wake Forest. Well, to get all the carries, for, to be the man. Yeah, and come to a wreck of a program he in was Michigan gonna share. State. 
Yeah. Right, so Syracuse. He was going to not only share carries, he's going to share snaps because they throw the ball all over. And, the place. and Tucker will be your guy next year. But yeah, that's a great point. If they people understand, you can be the running back in this system. Go out and get that guy. Get those offensive linemen who are going to have opportunities. Yep. Filling some pieces. He saw. We've seen the transfer portal work for him with the quarterback. Yep. He'll keep using that. The DBs. Yeah, I they, mean, they have yeah guys in the you secondary. Should be able to recruit. You should be able to recruit DBs. And you should be able to get guys, DBs, in the transfer portal. I mean, they're putting dudes in the NFL on yep. that side of the ball. So, you know, you, you, you might need a couple of big uglies on the defensive line through the transfer portal this season, you know, this offseason. But, I, you know, I guess I'm with you. As much as, as much as I, you know, would like to say that Dino's on the hot seat, it, what are you doing? You're Syracuse. Unless you're willing to dole out those dollars, which their football program has never been willing to do, you're not going to get somebody to come in here and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to come to Syracuse as the hot prospect. If you're the hot prospect, Syracuse is not the job you're looking for. And Dino's not going anywhere now. If you try to get some guy to come here, best case scenario, he's successful, and then he leaves, and you're back post-Doug Marone again. Yeah. That didn't work out well. Let babe, I, The moment you texted me the night of the Liberty game yeah. and said Schrader is starting, that to me, I, I can picture. I was standing. I'm looking at the dome, like I've got an orange creamsicle nice. in my hand. Nice. Yeah, and I picture that. And I, I do. I see that message, and I was like, "This is." I didn't think he would do it. He did. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go for it. And it worked out that night. And I, I believe in this moving forward. They're gonna lose every game the rest of the year. I'll sound like an idiot, but I'm okay with that because <laughs> even if they, I'm calling it right now. I'm not saying it after the fact. Either way, win or lose the rest of the season, Baber's not on the hot seat with me. Do they bring back a team that comes back next year and, and has better prospects than, you know, a th- you're talking about a three and nine season then, if you say they lose. The you get a few right? offensive linemen because they're going to get eyes. You're going to have this running back who's on Doak Walker, preseason award list. Tucker will be right up there. He'll be coming off his Heisman winning season this yep. year. Yep. Is he the next Archie Griffin? Those yep. will be the conversations. Heisman candidate, Sean Tucker. All right, going for back-to-back Heismans. Yep. So linemen are going to want to come. I like where this is going. I did. If you would have asked me before the Liberty game, I said he's not going to even finish the season probably. He's in trouble. Nope. I'm buying him. All right. No hot seat. No hot seat. According for to Dino. me, I can't speak no, for you. So okay, so here's what we got: no hot seat for Dino. Ice cold, ice cold seat for Dino. Like our beers tonight from Eastwood Brewing Company. Yeah. Ice, ice, Good night. Ice cold. That's all we got for tonight. <laughs> I go. I gotta end right there. Yeah. I got Syracuse covers against Clemson. Uh, Schrader's the right pick at quarterback. Devito is going to transfer. Uh, Dino Babers not on the hot seat. Syracuse covers against Clemson. And might lose every game the rest of the year. And might lose every (laughs) game the rest of the year. All nice, hot, yet cold takes like our beer from Eastwood Brewing Company. Thank you so much for those guys. That is all we have for tonight. Special episode on the Syracuse only. The Syracuse heavy, the Syracuse orange two-drink minimum. Neil Adler, so much uh, information given to us. Thank you very much. From, that is from InsideTheLoudHouse.com. And, of course, Dave from Thornwood uh, as our Clemson correspondent. As always, you can check us out. Give us a follow on Twitter at NAPatron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Go on and rate and review us. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, essentially anywhere podcasts are found. Check out the page on Facebook, Henny and Patron, the two drink minimum, or friend me at Dan Patron. 
Special thanks again for our beers tonight, the C4 IPA from Eastwood Brewing Company. I am Dan Patron. That is Kevin Hennigan. Special guests were Neil Adler and Dave from Thornwood. And this has been the Two Drank Minimum. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>